today's episode of the SI Gambling Podcast is presented by the good folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We love DraftKings Sportsbook, and this week there is another full slate of games to look forward to. And luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the United States, not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds boosts and promotions on your favorite sports each and every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, so you don't even have to leave your house if you don't want to. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI, the letters SI, when you sign up. And for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up and welcome inside the SI Gambling Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Frankie Fatstacks, and Ben Heisler. Got some Major League Baseball to talk about today. Also want to look at some of this early NFL line movement as we push towards week number four. Hopefully we have a good situation um, that goes down with the Tampa Bay, excuse me, with the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings and their COVID outbreak. Those games have already been come down. Their games this weekend have already been taken off the board. So a situation that we'll be monitoring right here throughout the course of the week on SI.com and right here on this podcast. All right, fellas, let's get ready. Before I get ready to hop into it, I want to give a big shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning and their fans. They are the NHL Stanley Cup champions. Also, good job by the NFL going up to, excuse me, the NHL going up to Canada and getting that thing done in that bubble. Benjamin, we have some Major League Baseball going down right now, some early starts. I want to talk about some of this thing, but I want to start out this with you. Me being a sports cards investor, I asked one of my guys, I don't really follow Major League Baseball like I used to. I do follow my New York Yankees, but I asked one of my guys, who are some players I should invest in as the playoffs get ready to start? I want to see if you agree. He told me Brandon Lowe and Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, I, I mean, Eloy Jimenez is the guy that I probably know a little bit better just following both Chicago teams for a long time. Remember, Eloy was the guy that got sent over to the White Sox from the Cubs in exchange for Jose Quintana. And Jose Quintana was supposed to help the Cubs go all the way multiple years. Uh, hasn't happened since he came over in the trade. He was a young, uh, inexpensive left-hander. And then Eloy's just gone out and just balled out over in Chicago. So had a couple game-winning home runs against the Cubs as well. So Eloy, if he gets hot, this dude can hit it about 600 feet, no joke. Um, that's what the White Sox pretty much do. They just slam the hell out of the ball. So watch out for Eloy. Brandon Lowe coming in with Tampa. I think that's going to be another interesting guy to watch. I mean, just every, The thing about the Rays is that it's a different guy every night mixed in with some really good pitching in an elite level bullpen. So watch out for low, watch out for the Rays, and there's some other options, guys, that I know we're going to get into today. All right, so let's get ready, Frankie, to break some of these things down and, and get this going. Let's start with some of these series prices. New York Yankees, Cleveland Indians, Yankees laying a $1.21, Frankie. 
Yeah, right now, I mean, they have arguably their best pitcher and their prized possession in their rotation on the bump tonight in Garrett Cole. But I'll be honest, the Yankees are going are heading into this postseason trending in the wrong direction, whether it's for injuries, for guys being in slumps. Right now, Gary Sanchez continues to look like he cannot hit a major he cannot hit a major league curveball. And that pains me to say. If right, if I guys, if I had to make a personal lean, I would look to the Cleveland Indians in game one, and I would look to the Cleveland Indians at plus odds as well to maybe take the series down. And that pains me to say because I was hoping that the Yankees would give me some enjoyment as a personal rooting standpoint and make a deep run. As we know, the New York Mets are nowhere to be found. They're already on the golf course, uh, you know, preparing for next season. But I was hoping that the Yankees would be able to come through. But I'm just not sold that they can. And this abbreviated three-game series format by Major League Baseball makes it imperative that the teams in the first game win for the first game. Otherwise, they become monster favorites to win the, the series overall once you win game one. And right now, I actually have a lean towards the Indians, and that makes me have a lean towards the Indians overall in the series since I don't know if Garrett Cole can get the job done tonight, boys. Ben, I don't like that. I know you don't, but I think Frankie's right. I know Garrett Cole's had a terrific season. He came into New York with lofty expectations, uh, and he's gone above and beyond. He's been terrific. The problem is, is that the Yankees stumbled down the stretch. Uh, remember, at one point, they were almost under 500 in, the, in the, sort of that early part of September. They, they got themselves back into the postseason, but they're not even hosting a playoff game. They're going to Cleveland for it. Uh, and the guy that Garrett Cole is going up against tonight is Shane Bieber, and Bieber's been insane. 163 ERA in 12 starts. He pitched 77 innings this year. Has a strikeout to walk ratio of basically six to one in a, in a FIP of, of just over two. So his field independent pitching is awesome. His ERA is even lower. So he's gotten a little bit of good luck. Whip under 0.86. Like this dude's unreal. And he gets to go up at home. The Indians have been one of the best home teams in all of baseball this year. So this just doesn't set up well for the Yankees going in. So I like the Indians tonight with Bieber on the hill. I think they're a great pick in the series. And actually, if you go over to sportsillustratedsi.com slash gamble, you can read my whole MLB primer for the for the, uh, the wild card round, for the uh, pennants, for the World Series. I have the Indians, guys, making a nice little run, beating the Yankees out of the first round, and then moving on all the way to the World Series, where I have them losing against the team in the National League, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I think Cleveland has really good value. You can currently get them to win the American League pennant, uh, pennant with really good pitching at plus 650. So that's that's where I stand as far as Cleveland is concerned. I really am high on them. All right, and let's change the subject. Yeah, Jesus I bet Christ. you would. I bet you wanted to go that route. Cincinnati Reds in my National League team. Here we go. Now I feel much better, Frankie. <laughs> Cincinnati Reds in my National League team, the Atlanta Braves. Of course, you have to love my Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna, the Brady Braves, laying $1.37. Yeah, the Sharps have already spoken on this series in game one, and they have already stepped out on a series wager between these two teams. If you want to get that information, you got to sign up now and become a member of SI Pro and get all the information with real-time alerts. But it, this is going to be a fantastic series, and we know that the Braves head in, you know, in a in solid form, and they have uh, Max Fried on the mound and Trevor Bauer. I mean, what is there not to like about the way this kid's performing as well? This series is going to be one of the best series in the opening round, this wild card round of any of the uh, matchups, and I'm intrigued to see how this is all going to go down. 
All right, uh, Ben, out there in your neck of the woods, Miami Marlins, Chicago, Chicago Cubs. The Cubs, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, $1.86 favorite. The, the Miami Marlins come in as, as plus money. What do you think of this series right here and how this one shakes up? So there's actually, there's been some line movement fairly the early Marlins on in this The Marlins the playoffs? What the hell is going on? Right, yeah, I know. I think that surprised <laughs> a lot of people that the Marlins snuck in. But you know what? I, I saw a couple really interesting stats today. The first one was from my buddy Jeff Passan, who actually, I'm we're, I'm a Chicago Cub fan. I grew up in Chicago, but I'm in the Kansas City area. Passan and I know each other here in Kansas City. Uh, Miami Marlins, or the Florida Marlins, or every way you want to look at them, Every time they've been in the postseason, guys, they've never lost a series. Like, not they have gone to the World Series and they have won it both times, 1997, 2003. So when they get in, they make a lot of noise. Conversely, the Chicago Cubs have not lost a series when Kyle Hendricks is the starter in Game 1. Guess who the starter is in Game 1? Kyle Hendricks. Something's got to change, boys. And the only reason that I'm taking the Cubs in this series, in addition to them just being the more dominant team and Miami basically sneaking into the postseason with a decent uh, starting pitching staff, the Cubs, had they couldn't figure out how to score in the month of September. This has been a trend over the last couple of years. If not for 25 runs scored in the final three games of the series between the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, they would have scored 79 runs in the month of September. Like that's putrid. That's bad. That's a disaster waiting to happen, but something clicked. And the guy that clicked was Chris Bryant. He's had a really bad season guys heading into free agency. This is the year that the Cubs are trying to sort of bring the band back together. One final time, get one more world series opportunity with guys like Brian and Rizzo and Baez and Schwarber. Uh, and a lot of those core guys from that 2016 team that won the world series. So I have the Cubs advancing in this series. Uh, I think it's just an easy matchup for them against the Marlins. So I think that streak will end. Um, and especially because of how well you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks have pitched throughout the year, they have pinpoint control and the Marlins tend to chase after a lot of pitches. So to me, this feels like an absolute easy play for me on the Chicago Cubs side. They might run into some trouble a little bit later, but I like them moving out of the wild card stage. St. Louis Cardinals and the San Diego Padres, Frank. San Diego Padres DraftKings Sportsbook had them as a minus 215 favorite. St. Louis Cardinals, I cannot, I'll be 100% honest with you, Frankie, they cannot lose enough games for me. Yeah, well, you're not you're going to be surprised when I tell you this, but my whopper of a personal lean is I actually am going to be placing a sizable wager on the Cardinals to pull off wow. the upset. In the, wow. and, and I know that's going to be an impressive thing to be able to do because we, as we all know, Fernando Tatis Jr. and that San Diego Padres team is absolutely dynamic. But I just feel that there's going to be one team in this postseason and this new format of 16 teams, three-game series, the metrics all state and they all scream that something crazy is going to happen in this opening wild card round. And I believe that the team that's going to want, that's going to actually go down. I don't believe it's going to be the Dodgers. I don't believe it's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays in the first round, but I do believe it's going to be the San Diego Padres. And I think there's value at plus $1.75 right now on the St. Louis Cardinals to get it done, boys. I know it sounds crazy. This is not an official Vegas Whispers play. I don't have any information yet on this game. This is a personal opinion, and I'm going to be playing it on, <laughs> on my own. But I, that's not something I'm advising everyone out there to do because it's a tough fade of the San Diego Padres, guys. But I just believe that we are going to see something happen that's completely unexpected because of this expanded format and this abbreviated three-game series format in this wildcard round. Somebody 
big is going to emerge and it's going to leave us all saying, really? Did that just happen? Oh, interesting. What do you think about that, Ben? So, for, I mean, I, I agree with Frankie in the sense that I think you're going to see some upsets. It's a best of three series, and it's baseball. So baseball, once you get into the postseason, anything can happen. We've seen that before. The, the only reason that I don't think it's going to be in this particular matchup is the Cardinals are throwing out uh, Wang Young Kim, who's 3-0, he's got a 1.62 ERA in 39 innings. So that, on the outset, looks really good. But his fielder independent pitching is nearly two and a half runs more than his ERA, which means he has been extremely, extremely lucky over the course of this year. Like he has with balls in play, they have just they've gone right to everybody on the Cardinals infield or in the outfield. So I the Padres are too talented of a hitting team, I think, for for that luck to continue. And let's also think about the Cardinals for a second. They've had to play way more games in the month of September than anybody else. Yeah, they get a day off or two here, but I just don't think that at some point, all these games in September has to catch up to them. The Padres were the second best team in the National League this year behind only the Dodgers. They were in their division. The Padres should have been the number two seed this year. They still get a chance to play at home. I think they're going to be revved up. I think they're ready. They have World Series experience with Eric Cosmer on their bench. So I just I have the Padres winning and moving on in this series before ultimately losing to the Dodgers. I, I just think at some point for St. Louis, yes, like they've made a pretty remarkable run considering the early COVID cases. I, I just think it's going to run out against the Padres. They're a far more superior team. But Frankie's right. Like it's baseball and weird crap can happen. And it wouldn't I, I wouldn't put it past St. Louis to win. But uh, of all the different upsets I see happening in the postseason, I don't think this is the one to happen. Baseball is the sport where the thing that's most unlikely to happen is most likely to happen, Frankie. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, let me ask you this, Ben or Corey, either one of you guys. If I ben. gave, if I, if I, Ben, okay. If I, <laughs> you're just a novice. If, if, if I force you to go choose one of these: Tampa Bay, Chicago Cubs, San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Dodgers, the clear four biggest favorites in this opening wild card round, and I told you one of them has to lose. Who's going to lose? I, I think, honestly, it would probably be the Cubs just because of Miami's pitching staff. And again, pitching is what dominates in the postseason. And other than this recent series against the White Sox, like I talked about, guys, the, the Cubs can't hit. Uh, Bryant waking up, I think, helped change a lot of that. I, I would have picked the Cubs to probably lose if they wouldn't have been able to get their act together in this final weekend against the White Sox. But since they did, and since Bryant kind of galvanized this team, uh, that's part of the reason that I'm leaning in their favor. But I think as far as you're, if you're looking at recent play, ugh, I, I mean, I, I just didn't see it initially for the Cubs. I, I feel a little bit better about them now. One other thing, too, because I, I have the Dodgers winning the World Series, but Milwaukee, even though they cannot hit... I think Milwaukee could absolutely upset them because they have two guys at the top of their rotation in Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff that get a bunch of strikeouts. They have that get a lot of swings and misses. And the Dodgers last year, remember, they got eliminated in the divisional round. They have a tendency of bowing out of the playoffs a little bit earlier than they should based off of their talent. I, I get where you're coming from, Frankie, and the Padres are new to the postseason. They haven't been there in a long time. Uh, but if I had to choose one of those favorites to likely go down, I suppose it would be the Cubs. All right, good stuff right there. Let's get ready to hop on and get into some of this early line movement in the NFL. Don't forget, you want all the Major League Baseball plays. SI Fantasy Pro is where you get the Vegas Whisper information. Already got a series price, out, a series uh, wager out, and some action on tonight's uh, game or tomorrow's game. So there you go, right there. You want to hop in that right now and get that going. And let me get back to where I was at. 
because once you're doing this and people are calling you and I'm getting text messages and everything is going on. People are already, mad about, already mad about some of my picks, Corey. That's what's happening. <laughs> I actually lost. I actually, no, it's, it's my son. <laughs> His mother's like, you got to come get him. I'm like, Jesus Christ, not now. <laughs> so let's talk about the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Frankie, last week this nine opened up at Tampa laying four and a half. Tampa is now laying seven and a half. Tom Brady and the boys at home versus a Charger team with Justin Herbert could be the starting quarterback again this week. Yeah, it looks like right now the betters are all over in the early wagering on Tom Brady. They love what they're seeing with the new connection and the it looks like the increased rapport between Brady and Mike Evans, who he's now comparing to Hall of Famer Randy Moss and his talents. And it's surprising for me to see this line, which opened at four and a half, even go through that prime number of seven, despite the fact that that we hear now that most likely Chris Godwin is going to miss another game now due to a different injury, not a concussion this time, but instead a hamstring injury. And in addition, Scotty Miller, another favorite of it, uh, target that's emerging with Tom Brady in this offense, he may be hobbled and be forced to be limited or miss this game. So I'm a little bit shocked to actually see this line movement. I know there's a lot of Tom Brady love out there. There's a lot of Tom Brady backing out there, but I also believe it's also a fade of the Chargers that have just not been able to really get the job done and were upset by a team in the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater that a lot of people were not expecting them to lose at home, despite the fact that Justin Herbert played well uh, for the second consecutive week, but he did not play well enough. And for the fact that they're coming up short, there's a lot of money going behind Brady once again in week four. Anything to touch on that one? You want to hit on that one, Ben, or can we move to the next one? I'll, I'll hit this really quickly. I think seven and a half is too much on the Buccaneers, especially without Chris Godwin. The Chargers tend to win games that they shouldn't and lose games that they should win. I, I think the Chargers especially, I talked about this last week. Now it didn't get, it didn't happen with, with Denver, uh, but the Buccaneers are bottom five in the NFL at stopping pass catching running backs. And that's something that Austin Eckler does especially well. I, I think the Chargers keep this one close. I, I really do. I think Godwin is a big miss for Tom Brady. And for all the people that were ready to bench Tom Brady after week one, all those people are now lining up ready to bet him at minus seven and a half. So get the hell out of here. It's the, the Chargers are, I, I think they're in a good situation here. I really Yeah, do. that's a tough, that's a tough one right there. Minus seven and a half with the Chargers. I, I would agree with you on that one. Frank, let me, uh, let me get you in here. New York Giants, Los Angeles Rams has moved from nine up to 12 and a half. Let me check and see what it is right quickly on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, the Giants, boy, I tell you what, Frankie, you can take, and I think I think we might have been, was it me and you that mentioned this? I was talking to somebody, 13. and they were more or less saying that you could take the two New York teams, combine them, and they still would be trash. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. Is Adam Gase the coach? <laughs> I should have known you was going there. Uh, no, you can have Joe Judge as the coach. DraftKings Sportsbook has his number at, uh, 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 about to say it, Jefferson Sportsbook has this number at 13 for the Rams. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of Ram love and a lot of uh, fading of the New York Giants right now that just look absolutely out of sorts without Saquon Barkley. The uh, right And you, you hit it right on the head, Corey. Right now, both New York signal callers, both Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold, look to be regressing big time from last year in the first three weeks of the 2020 season. I'm not so sure if the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and the lack of preparation and lack of training camp had a lot to 
do with it, besides the fact that Adam Gase is the coach of the New York Jets. That has a lot to do with Sam Darnold. But getting back to the Giants, Daniel Jones just looks completely out of sorts. He can't really get on the same page. The receivers right now are just not getting the job done. They have so much talent with Evan Ingram at uh, the tight end position. But without Saquon Barkley, this team has become completely one-dimensional we know that Devontae Freeman is not ready to really contribute right now. And this Ram team, they should have won last week. They were absolutely robbed on one of the worst pass uh, interference calls to take away a victory. And I think they're going to come out mad. They're going to come out steaming. Look for Jared Goff and Daryl Henderson to both have big, big games this week. And for the Rams to absolutely steamroll a hapless New York Giants squad. Ben, I'm happy to hear that. I bet you are. Yeah, I, I feel I feel the same way. You want to be able to just take the Rams coming out mad and uh, feeling like they got cheated last week. Uh, I, I heard an interesting interview. I heard Boomer Esiason on with my buddy Danny Parkins over in Chicago, and they were asking him, like, if both of these New York teams end up finishing with the number one overall pick, who is more likely to take Trevor Lawrence? And he said, and this actually surprised me, um, because it wasn't the same coaching staff that took um, Daniel Jones, but they said that it would be the Jets more likely to move on from Sam Darnold than the Jet than the Giants to move on from Daniel Jones. He still thinks that Daniel Jones has a lot of talent and just need the right pieces around him and the right coaching staff to be able to get it out of him. He saw something last year that really impressed him. As far as this game goes, thirteen is a lot, even on the even you know for for the Rams at home. Uh, they've played really well. They came all the way back against Buffalo. Uh, it's probably a stay away for, for me at this point, guys. It just feels like an opportunity for the Rams to come out a little bit flat. Um, even if they're you know coming off mad, it just feels like a weird number to be at. And I know that the Giants have looked terrible, but all it takes is a couple plays with you know somebody like Darius Slayton um, or, or Sir Evan Ingram in the middle of the field. And I just don't know where to go on this one. I know Frankie's got that lean, so I'll probably side with him. Uh, but for me, it's probably a pass for now. Yeah, it's a tough one right here. I would agree. The New York Giants, I, be- I believe if the Jets was to get the pick, they've changed the whole regime. Sam Donald goes, Trevor Lawrence comes in, Broadway Trevor. The Giants get that pick. They'll trade it for a running back. All right, so let's get ready to, to go on to our next one. The Philadelphia Eagles, Frankie. This looked bad, bro. It looked bad, and I couldn't be happier. The Philadelphia Eagles going to San Francisco. It moves from San Francisco laying three and a half to San Francisco laying seven. The Eagles are in trouble. <laughs> That whole NFC East is in trouble. You know that the division winner from that, from that division is actually probably going to finish under 500 right now. But I don't like Washington. <laughs> well, I don't know. Haskins, <laughs> Haskins disappointed me on Sunday. I didn't like what I Tell saw there. He, he, he's, he's, he, I can't put any money behind him right now until he gets a lot more experience under his belt. But right now, Corey, you've talked about this game. This game opened in Vegas with the San Francisco 49ers only laying three and a half at home. But since last week, that number is steamed all the way up to the 49ers now laying a full touchdown of points, minus seven at home, despite the fact that there is no more Bosa on the defensive side, Raheem Mostar being backed up. Now we're hearing that Jarek McKinnon, who has filled in admirably at their running back position the past two weeks, has now got a rib injury. So they may be even more shorthanded. We already know that they don't have Debo Samuel. They already, they obviously, once again, we weren't like, who wasn't expecting this? But Jordan Reed, who looked all world against the New York Jets in week two, catching two touchdowns, is back on the injured reserve once again. We like, we didn't all expect that to happen. That guy just might as well change his name from Jordan Reed to IR because that's where he lives his life in the NFL level and that's always on the injured list that guy can't stay healthy but right now this Philadelphia Eagle team it, it it hurts me because I have a lot of boys back on the main line from Villanova days that are big birds fans and they are hurting right now 
I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. They have a lot of talent on that on that team, and they are just regressing totally. But to see this number with a backup quarterback possibly, with Nick Mullins again, maybe Garoppolo is rumored to maybe really come back on the center this week, but that's a lot of points. But right now, I don't know if you could put any money behind a Philadelphia Eagle team or any money behind any team that wears green and white. Ben, this is a tough one to <laughs> handicap right here because what's what I tell you about this one? That is a big number. Dallas Goddard, I think. Oh, we also saw that Dallas Goddard banged up now. So it's going to be tough sledding for Philadelphia. But when I look at the mental makeup of the quarterback, Carson Wentz, I think a road trip might benefit him. That's a really interesting call because the last couple of weeks he's been in Philadelphia. I think week two, like he got booed by nobody. There, there was like boos <laughs> coming through the speakers, but there were no fans in the stands. Um, I, I, I think I'm trying to think about last week where the Giants were four-point dogs at home to San Francisco, and San Francisco was a mash unit then. And somehow we were all sort of – I think, Frankie, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I'm pretty sure the sharp lean was towards the Giants. Is that correct? I don't know if that was – I don't think that was the Vegas Whispers play, but I think a lot of the sharp action was on the Giants, correct? Yeah, no, totally. They moved that line completely down. There was a lot of respect even up to that uh, opening kickoff. But, guys, you got to remember – if Philadelphia can boo Santa Claus, they can have fake boos for a quarterback. <laughs> That's totally true. So having said that, the fact that we were willing to, to take the Giants uh, with after what we've seen from them last week, and then San Francisco to go home in prime time, and the Eagles realizing that if they don't win a game soon, uh, this season is just going to be completely down the drain. I, I think seven is too much. Uh, I think they can win outright against San Francisco if they get themselves together. Um and Carson Wentz has shown it in the past. Like he can, he finally had a decent fantasy game. He was still able to tie the game late. Uh, it just bad decisions in overtime and some costly interceptions in the first half of the game. Like I, I think Philadelphia could go on the road and upset San Francisco with all the injuries that the 49ers have. They're still the better team at the at this point, but um, I, I think minus seven for 49ers feels like an overreaction to what we saw last week from the 49ers and, and also what we saw from the Eagles choosing to tie the Bengals at home. All right, Frankie, let's get ready to get ready to wrap this one up and get up out of here. The Indianapolis Colts are at Chicago to take on the Bears. Opened up last week as a pick. Now we see the Colts laying two and a half. Man, Nick Foles is a good dude, though. When Nick Foles play, things get done. I think I like Chicago in this. Yeah, it looks like, uh, obviously, you know, a, a switch that almost all of us were expecting, you know, Mitchell Tabriski to find his way to the bench and Nick Foles to take over in Chicago. But right now, you know, one of the things, guys, that I think is being undersold, but it's not going undersold in the eyes of the betters right now, is that the Indianapolis Colts actually possess one of the best defenses in the National Football League through the first three weeks of the season. I, I understand they had two pick sixes against I won't mention which team last week that, you know, that they absolutely, you know, showed to look like a high school team, but that's not too difficult these days. But this line move is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit interesting because we know that outside, out, you know, sometimes on the road, Phillip Rivers and his road home slits doesn't always look as good on the road. But I mean, I guess they're believing that Nick Foles you know, a whole full week of preparation for the Colts with the way that defense is playing, that run game right now, that offensive line just looks absolutely dominant. And I think that short to intermediate passing game with uh, T.Y. Hilton and uh, tight ends uh, Cox right now and out of the backfield, Jonathan Taylor looks great. And Jonathan Hines just continues to put up fantastic numbers working out of the backfield. I think that the steam is interesting here in this game, boys. I'm, I'm interested to see how it continues as the week progresses. 
uh, Ben, there is a train of thought out there that Nick Foles is better as a relief pitcher, meaning if he starts the game, he can struggle. But if he comes in the game, he's better. It's because it's true. Like that's what the numbers have indicated over the last several years with Nick Foles. Once he gets the starting job, either he goes down due to injury or something happens along the way, makes too many careless passes. I, He's in a system though, that really is a good fit for him. He's worked with Matt Nagy before in Kansas city. Um, you know, Bill Lazor knows him. Uh, John DeFilippo, who's the quarterback's coach, was, was with them both in Philadelphia uh, as well as in Jacksonville. Now, the Jacksonville thing didn't go well, but you, you sort of know where I'm going here. There is an inherent trust with Nick Foles to run this offense. And for anybody that was watching the Bears game the way that I was last week, you could tell that the, the, the offense just woke up. Trubisky does not understand the type of progressions that Matt Nagy's offense is about. He doesn't understand how to change the play at the line of scrimmage and to recognize the defense in year number four in the NFL. Um, my concern actually on the bear side is, is less on the offensive side about the Colts um, and facing the Colts defense. It's more of whether or not the bears defense can stop the run. This is supposed to be a top five defense in the NFL. The bears coming back this year was supposed to be really good. And they've had a lot of issues stopping the run early on. And that's what the Colts do best. If they control time of possession, if Jonathan Taylor gets anywhere between 23 and 26 carries, they do some dump offs to Naheem Hines and they use the short intermediate passing game. And that neutralizes guys like Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson for Chicago. Colts are going to win this game, even in Chicago. Um, I, I think the Bears' offense is going to look more competent because Foles understands the offense, and that just changes everything. But I actually have some concerns about the Bears' defense in slowing down the Colts' running game because it's an elite-level offensive line, and the Bears' defense, on, at least on the front four, are a little bit knocked, a little bit knocked up. They're not knocked up, but they're a little bit banged up. That's an entirely <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're not getting nobody knocked up. Not nah. in twenty twenty. Nah, nah, <laughs> All right, boys, let, let's get ready to get up out of here. All right, so listen up. Don't forget, SI Fantasy Pro where the Vegas Whispers plays come in to the community, and you get those alerts, and you go and you go get that, and you play them, and you make yourself some money. Got Major League Baseball playoffs right now. We got NFL in full swing, and don't forget the NBA Finals are starting tomorrow night. We will hop in here, and we will break that down for you. For Ben and Frankie, I'm Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, and we are out. <laughs>